are live for the 125th episode of the Bronx Bottom Battle Podcast. I am your host, Matt Luzluigi, and tonight, to two maths, it's G and I. G, how are we doing? Doing all right. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, you know, it was a pretty, pretty rough August. Uh, our last episode, it was kind of the beginning of that, right? We were, I think we had lost about six of seven at that point. Um it got very, it kept getting worse, right? At one point, the Yankees had lost 14 to 17 games. They saw their AL East lead go from 16 to eight, but they've, they're on a winning streak again, right? They've won three in a row, uh, three straight four to two victories, actually. Because uh, they back to Sunday against the Blue Jays and then the last two games against the Mets, all four two victories. Um, but just playing a lot better baseball, a lot cleaner baseball. Uh, Obviously, still not scoring a ton of runs, but I mean, Ben and and Judge have both been killing it, and in the last few games, especially. So it's nice to see. And obviously, the bullpen um, has also been stepping it up a bit, even though bullpen, uh, Boone's bullpen management has been a bit odd, but we'll get all into that. But yeah, gee, it's actually been enjoyable watching Yankees baseball the last few games after, you know, going into Sunday. It really looked like we were about to get swept by the Blue Jays, four game sweep. And I think you were the one that uh, posted this tweet about, uh, you know, the graphic they showed, I believe it was sat during Saturday's game where it was Manoa, Scherzer and DeGrom were supposed to pit be our next three games. Obviously DeGrom didn't end up pitching against us, but still we were, you know, going up against uh, two, three great pitchers in a row. And sure enough, the way baseball works, we win all three of those games. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes without saying how incredibly important the last three wins were, you know, the, the month of August has just been, pretty fucking horrible to this point and um it's a shame you know i don't know obviously stanton's been out for about a month now and you know spoiler alert he should be back um before too long which is great and otherwise the offense just went away it went completely away um and you know for a few times through the rotation now the pitching has been really good but, like, you know, you can't ask your pitchers to give up zero runs no matter how good they are. And the Yankees just put together a, a stretch of, like, several games where they just didn't score. And, you, you know, we make fun of Andrew for this, where the one team scores, like, one run in the second inning, and you'd be like, oh, well, that's it, the game's over. Yeah. But, like, there it, were games like that where that was, yeah, where it was, like, actually true. It's just, like, how we're hopeless. You know, they got shut out in, what, two games in a row? Um, I mean, at one point they had what, like one run in 37, 38 innings, uh, scoreless. Yeah. yeah, it was it was awful. It like, was absolutely it's, awful. It's it's crazy, and um, you know, the Mets. You know, like you were saying, thinking that we're gonna face Scherzer, we're gonna face Degrom. You know, Mano has been okay, but like, um, these were three really important wins. Uh, some definitely some promising indicators. You know. Judge hitting a couple more home runs, uh, some some things that they did that I liked, and um, otherwise, yeah, we could get into it. But these were hugely important wins, and we're maybe optimistically, I'll say, we're let's hopefully say that we're stabilizing a little bit. Yeah, it definitely feels like we weathered the storm. Um, and look, obviously, can never overlook overlook any opponents, but. Yankees are going on a West Coast trip, and 
it's against the A's and the Angels, who, you know, neither of those teams has more than, you know, six. They're both terrible. You can be nice about it. They're both, they're both, they're both very really bad, bad teams. So, hey, that's that spot where hopefully, you know, those are seven games where, hey, hopefully we can win five or six of those games at least and kind of get back, maybe uh, build back up a double-digit lead in the A at least again. Um, let's talk about these two games against the Mets, though. Definitely a big series. Uh, you know, they beat us two games in uh, City Field earlier in the season, uh, two frustrating losses, to say the least. Um, and it felt good to get back. Um, obviously, it really wasn't even about the Mets, right? In this case, like, it really was just like, okay, like, we just need to win baseball games when you're 3-14 and 14 in a 17-game span. And all of a sudden, you see the Blue Jays and Rays and all the teams that have been chasing you are finally starting to get hot. You need to start winning some games because, yeah, eight-game – lead mid-August like we've seen a lead like that evaporate before so you know as awful as the Yankees have been playing it really I think this past week it really became okay this team needs to start winning games I mean they had lost before this two-game sweep against the Mets they had lost six straight series and I believe that was like their longest series drought in years you know that was yeah that was I don't don't want to say 2005 I think yeah I think it was like almost 20 years so that was a really big series win. And, you know, right away you come out and it's like we were joking about before the game, but it's Mad Max versus Domingo Herman. And, you know, none of us really felt good about that, but credit to Herman came out through grabbing six and a third innings, one earned run. And really the earned run was obviously, you know, kind of unfortunate, right? The drop pop up and then the home run. So, you kind of almost felt for him, but he pitched amazing. I mean, especially when you're going up against Mad Max, who, didn't have his best stuff, I'll say. Um, I mean, look, anytime you give up a uh, warning track double to IKF, uh, I, you know, I don't care who you <sighs> are. It's not not a good day for you. Uh, <laughs> just going to say that right now. Yeah. But obviously, Judge hits the home run in that game. He Obviously, Judge hit a home run each two games in the series. Uh, ben Intendi, a couple big hits. I mean, he's been huge the past week after having probably about the worst start you could have um, as, you know, your Yankee career. He's been awesome the past week. And, you know, same with Montez. We'll talk about him. He threw last night in uh, in the second game of the series, pitched very well. Um, So, you know, two guys that we got at the trade deadline who were awful to start have both picked it up. Um, Ben Intendi and Judge really were the two guys that were just carrying this offense uh, in this two-game series. Yeah, and I guess – so just to, you know, break it down a little bit, you know, Herman was – you say, oh, Herman versus Scherzer, right? You know, mismatch. And, you know, Scherzer was fine. You know, he gave up four runs, which is definitely more, especially coming in, definitely more than I ever expected them to get against Scherzer. Um, you know, Judge had a home run. And otherwise, they kind of manufactured. They got an early run against Scherzer in the first inning. And that felt, like, massively important. Um, because he was still pretty economical with his pitches. Uh, throughout the game and he did what he does you know he pitches deep into the games um but they got an early run off him judge hit a home run that was pretty great um judge had not hit a home run for i think it was 10 games in a row going yeah, into that, that and that literally the say, second the home run drought was kind of it was starting to get apparent where you know it had been almost 10 games where he was hitting like 140 no home runs and that you, you almost kind of stopped hearing about the chase for a few days and then and you know, no sooner than those words left Michael K's mouth, then um, 
you know, then Judge hit the home run, which was fucking awesome. So, um, and otherwise, they just ground it out. You know, they wore, you know, they, they, they just found a way, basically, to score the runs that they needed to win. And that's the shit you got to do. When you can't score worth a goddamn, you just have to find a way. And they found a way, you know, which is to their credit. Um, and they were doing some lineup things that I kind of really liked. Um, there's parts of Boone's lineup that I still think I feel like he's just picking out of a fucking hat every day. Um, like you were saying, you know, Andrew Benintendi got off a really bad start. And the last handful of games, he's really been, you know, producing and starting to, you know, show his worth. Um, but they've been batting him leadoff. Uh-huh. And for the three-game winning streak, he had two RBIs against Toronto, two hits and two RBIs in the win against Toronto. He had two hits and two RBIs against the Mets in the game against Scherzer. And then in the game yesterday, he had two hits and another RBI. And um, I think that's where they should keep him. Yeah, you know. he de- it definitely feels like he v- fits very well as the leadoff hitter. Um, that se- seems like that's where he's comfortable at. Because, yeah, DJ, I feel like you can move anywhere. If you want to hit DJ second, if you want to put him towards the middle of the lineup, he's much more versatile. But, yeah, Ben Benintendi, I mean, he's, like I said, he's been awesome this week. Um, this is the guy that we traded for, right? And we kind of know he's only probably going to be a rental. But, yeah, he could be a really key uh, piece for these guys down the stretch. And especially with Bader still being in a walking boot. Um, yeah, we, we need Ben Attendee, especially with Aaron Hicks still being uh, mentally incapable of hitting a baseball, mentally and physically, I should say. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Morris, I feel like it's pretty much physical at this point. He yeah. just can't do it. Like, it's both. Ben Attendee as leadoff, I really like, especially for, for two reasons. One, he's faster than DJ. And, like, DJ, if he was batting, like, 350 again, you wouldn't even discuss this. But, like, he's not. He's batting, you know, he's fine. He's batting 285. Um but Benintendi's faster, and he's also lefty. So you get more lefty, righty, lefty, you know, if you're going Benintendi, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton. Like, you get firmly, like, balance at the top of the lineup. Uh, Benintendi's faster. And then you put DJ, I feel like, as opposed to when you're batting Donaldson, if, or heaven forbid, fourth on some nights, um, or Glaber, you know, I just don't like those guys. I guess, quote unquote, that high in the lineup. You put DJ fifth behind Stanton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to hit a lot of singles to the opposite way. He's going to shoot a double every now and then. Every now and every very now and then, he's going to grab a home run. But, like, just to have a guy behind Stanton who's, like, going to hit the ball, right? Judge is going to get on base. He's going to walk. He's going to get his hits. Stanton, you know, is pretty good before he got hurt. And otherwise, another guy who can just shoot the ball into the outfield in DJ batting fifth. I feel like makes the Yankees lineup longer than it's felt in several weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because the lineup is interesting because I think it was Buster only who mentioned that, you know, since Stanton's been out, uh, Judge has, you know, seen like the third fewest pitches in the, the zone. And obviously when you you start seeing, uh, when you don't see a lot of pitches in the zone, you start pressing and swinging at bad pitches. So, you know, you could really attribute a part, big part of Judge's uh, struggles these past uh, those past 10 games because you know there's no Stanton and remember even Rizzo missed some time as well but you know Rizzo really hasn't been uh, too great the past month or so either so Judge really mm-hmm. hasn't had too much protection in that lineup but now you say okay 
whether the, I know they've put uh, Judge second mostly, but the last few days, last few games, they've had Benintendi, DJ, then Judge. So maybe if they keep it like that, they go Benintendi, DJ, Judge, then you put Stanton behind Judge. Now you have DJ and Stanton right between Judge, right? You can't, you now you have to kind of pitch to Judge. And then behind Stanton, you could have Rizzo. Right, so that all of a sudden you have much more protection for Judge in that lineup with Stanton back because, you know, that's something I was saying, and I think I was talking to Andrew about this a couple weeks ago, and we, we were talking. I said, "Man, they miss Stanton." And he said, "Well, Stanton a lot of times gets it's like you know hot and cold. Like Stanton, you know, he'll have a stretch where he's like six or fifty. And I said, "Well, it's not even really about that. It's just the protection for Judge because yeah, we all understand Stanton could either look like can come out one game and be three for five with two home runs that combine for a thousand feet, and then the next game he's over six with five strikeouts. Like we all know that's Stanton in a nutshell, right? Like I saw yeah, people he gets Stanton's white up. hot or strikes out like ten times. Yeah. Stanton's uh, first rehab game, he went like over three with two strikeouts, and everyone was like, "Yep, send him up. He's ready. Bring him up." Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, so. It's just it really is the protection for Judge because yeah in the past few weeks without Stanton with and Rizzo really not producing too much, Judge really hasn't had that protection. So yeah, with with uh, Stanton coming back, I think it's that's such a huge part of just having that because man that top five in the lineup, especially now with Ben Tendy hitting, that's a scary top five. And like we've said all year, it's like look, Glaber and Donaldson. It's not that Glaber and Donaldson are like bad bad hitters right i know they, they've you know donaldson is like slightly below average in terms of ops and glaber i believe is like either average or slightly above average this year but yeah it's like when those guys are your four or five hitters you're you're kind of just like like know, glaber broke. as the cleanup hitter really depresses me yeah exactly you see glaber or even donaldson in that cleanup spot you're saying man that's that's just not what you that's it's not what you want that's not a winning formula but hey it's like and donaldson you know, are six and seven that's that's a good spot for them like you with their numbers and what they produce like they're good six slash seven hitters but they're just not you know four or five hitters so you know stan coming back ben and producing i think that's really and i'll give like I mean, a modest tip of the cap we've talked in in chat and whatnot a handful of times recently about like what's your ideal lineup um when if knock on wood right if when people come back um it gets interesting. Um, the Yankees, when did they call up Cabrera? The Yankees last week called up as well. Yeah, last week. <laughs> so, um, and that is important because he's played at this point four different positions and he's played the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, rosters expand to 28 on September 1st. So, otherwise, without that, I would say that some decisions start to get interesting. But, like, quote unquote, if and when people start to come back, it gets. You know, we talked about the lineup, right? Carpenter, hopefully, you know, a broken foot's not a, a nothing injury. It's pretty serious. But um, Carpenter, depending on what positions he plays, could be your DH, could be a right fielder. You know, Judge is your center fielder. Maybe Harrison Bader comes back. I really don't know. You know, he's kind of the, probably the guy I bat, like, you know, eighth or ninth behind, you know, everyone else who we actually know about. But um Carpenter, Stanton will be back. He'll probably DH, I think they said on the telecast, DH mostly for the first little while that he's back and then start to sprinkle into the outfield. But a guy like Cabrera, being able to play four different positions and God knows how many else he can play and play them all really well is super 
awesome yeah. because the yeah. Yankees were suffering on defense there for a while too. When you know you see, God bless him, Aaron Hicks just completely misplay what seemed to be a fairly routine ball in center field, and you know I don't know. It's just not the rag on Aaron Hicks. We've done that plenty, but like yeah. having a guy like Cabrera like that is pretty pretty awesome and he's made yeah. really he tremendous ha- plays all over the obviously place. Obviously hasn't had like you know hasn't been like tearing it up at the plate. Um he did work a bases loaded walk on a three two count which showed a lot of maturity which I really liked. Um but yeah he's made some great plays in the field, right? He robbed a home run, threw threw a runner out at home to keep it a two one game. Um so yeah he's he's a great fielder. He, he, like he really seems like a guy that you could literally just put anywhere and he's gonna play well. Uh you love to have a guy like that. Um but let's talk about the second game of the series. And by the way, the first well, game of the series, the, go on, G. I was going to say, just to illustrate, since I feel like I glossed over a little bit, we've given Andrew Benintendi a few minutes worth of flowers. This first game in this Mets series was the Andrew Benintendi game, basically. Uh, well, just to illustrate how meaningful that skill set is, could be at the top of the lineup, um, DJ batted cleanup in that game. Andrew Benintendi gets on. You know, he gets over to third base, and DJ hits a pop to Starling Martin right field. Good outfielder. He's got a good arm, and he scores. Ben Tendy scores on the sack fly. Early run against Max Scherzer is huge. Uh, Judge hits a solo home run. That's 2 nothing, obviously. Um, and then the rest of it was Ben Tendy again. In the fifth inning, he had an RBI double. And then in the seventh inning, he tacked on the insurance run, RBI single. So that he was all over the game at leadoff, and that, you know, I mean, again, DJ, we love him, but like Ben Tendy just slightly varies up the skill set a little bit. And in a game like Max Scherzer, it's like, hey, taking an extra base, scoring on a sack fly, even though the outfield has got a good arm, um, and all that kind of stuff that adds up. And, you know, obviously we said they weren't scoring well. So, like, when you can grind out the runs like that, then that is super important. Yeah, now Ben and Tan, he really is a great leadoff hitter. And the, so that first game, Marinaccio and Luizaga were unflappable out of the bullpen, um, flawless. Johnny Lasagna closing the game out for the yep, first that, time. That, yeah, I was about to say, that was his first save of the season. Uh, good, really need him back in form. Um, but let's go to the second game. Uh, like we said, Judge hit a home run each of the two games of the series. Um, I'm not sure if. Our listeners saw the viral, pretty viral video of that Mets fan saying, like, you know, chanting, starting the Let's Go Mets chant, trying to, I should say, because everyone was booing him. And during the judge at bat, and he's saying he's going to strike out. And then you don't see it, but you just can tell it was the pitch that Judge put 450 feet, and he quickly presses stop on the video. Yeah. Um, that was great. Um, but yeah, man, the Yankees, they come out. Um, Frankie Montas, best start as a Yankee. Got to give him credit. Uh, I think people are really forgetting that, you know, he didn't pick up the baseball for 10 days. You know, when he, uh, you know, his wife, there was a death in his wife's family. He was away. And he's, it seems like he's still getting that arm strength back. And, he, you know, he wasn't really throwing as many sliders or splitters, which he usually does. Um, so this start kind of looked like, you know, kind of looked like he was at full strength. And, you know, five and two thirds, six hits, two runs, six strikeouts. He looked very good. Um, hopefully we get more of that. And the real uh, the real MVP of this game, though, other than the judge, was Clark Schmidt. Um, Clark threw three, Schmidt. Threw three innings out of bullpen. Ended up with giving up three hits and uh, walking three guys, but that's kind of just because Boone left him in too long. He was literally about to – he was literally trying to get Clark to get the uh, final 
uh, 10 outs of the game. Uh, obviously, he couldn't get the final one. They had to bring in Wandy. But, he would yeah, have gotten I, himself a uh, one of those nonsense, like, four-inning saves. <laughs> it, it, well, it, I, see, I thought it was a save at first, too, but it, he came in when it was tied. It was a 2-2 game when he came in, so he, would, it, he did get the win. Uh, Wandy ended yeah. up getting the save, but you know, I thought it was interesting because a lot of people were kind of criticizing Boone for just keeping him out there. But, you know, I don't know. Like, the way the Yankees' bullpen has been in this past week or so, I really don't. Like, he did that with the Trevino the other night where he just kind of kept him in for a couple innings for the save. And, you know, he was he was doing this with Schmidt where he was ready to just let Schmidt, uh, you know, get the final three outs and throw a three and a third innings to, you know, the final three and a third innings. And it's just – Look, when you just you have had so many bullpen blowups and bullpen, you just sometimes you want to go with the hot hand. And I really couldn't blame Boone. Now, did he leave Schmidt in too long? Absolutely, should have. He should have pulled him a like batter. Two batters, was, basically. Yeah, it was definitely too close for comfort. But I do understand like his thought process and kind of just going with the hot hand and leaving guys in. I, I really can't blame him. I'm not. I'm not going to rag on Boone too much. I'll only say that his bullpen management just mystifies me. It's just unbelievable, oh, yeah. really. Yeah, it Can't does. explain it. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows, right, organizationally or otherwise, what Boone gets from the front office, what he gets from here and there. You know, I know it's a collaborative effort, however they want to describe it. But I'll just say we would, we've been force-fed Albert Abreu for about a month now. And, you know, he's hurt. I don't wish people to get hurt. But I don't want to watch Albert Abreu play baseball for the Yankees anymore because he's not yeah, good. I, with all these arms and back, all of this happens awesome. when we're watching what Clark Schmidt threw like six perfect innings in triple a couple weeks ago and watching Albert Abreu pitch to like a five ERA like yes he throws hard and that's wonderful but like we you know maybe not excessively so but have been kind of banging the drum for like hey Clark Schmidt is he a starter is he a reliever why are we watching Albert Abreu why are we watching all these you know, random last man in the bullpen come up and throw innings. And Clark Schmidt is either, you know, so like whether he's starting or relieving, I would love to see this guy just pitch more. And, you know, with the rosters expand in a couple of days, you know, he just threw three innings and threw 60 something pitches. Um, prime yeah, well, candidate to get sent down, but I really hope that they just hold him and that he continues to stick around because. You know, obviously, right, you had the rotating list of injuries and ineffectives and the lasagnas and the Chapmans, and now Clay Holmes has been on the IL for several days, right? Like, just, he's, this his, this man is a high draft pick. Just keep him up here. Throw him out there every couple of days, and, and for the love of God, let's see what he can do, like, in meaningful games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, I love Clark. I love watching him pitch. Um, he's, him and, him and Ron have been just godsend this year as young arms in the bullpen. Um, speaking yeah, of absolutely speaking of flowers, arms, flowers for Marinaccio, absolutely. Yeah, he's been awesome. Speaking of bullpen arms, former Yankee bullpen arms, uh, how about that Adam Adovino to Joely Rodriguez combo we got in that second game? I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who, who, which New York teams are these guys pitching for? Joely Rodriguez, true to form, gave up runs. But Otto, just add Otto to the uh, list of guys who leave the Yankees and become good again, um, along with Joey Gallo. 
Uh, even though, like it seems like Otto never does that well against us, but like every time like they show him and they show his numbers, I'm like, oh wow, he's two point three ERA. Okay. Yes, he's at two seventeen at this point now. Yeah, I'm like, so yeah, like, good, I'm like, good shit, Otto. Well, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, good. whatever. Because I think every time I record a podcast now, I just like I go on my Twitter timeline before we record, and I'll just see a Joey Gallo highlight. I just see like a RBI right. double for Joey Gallo tonight. Um, and I feel, I, like, will... I feel like it's overblown because I saw his Dodger stats like a couple days ago, and he's still only hitting like two thirty. I'm like, they're just showing all his highlights. Like, you know, there any time he could be like one for five in a game, but you're just gonna see that one hit. So yeah, and see, this is the thing. And I'll, well, you know, we can we can take the two minutes and talk about it. Um, look, we ripped Joey Gallo, but not because he's a bad guy or because just because it it's baseball. Like he is brought here to bat two twenty and hit thirty home runs, and he batted one fifty and hit ten home runs. Like it's not because we don't like him. It's not because like, and we we said this a couple times. He did. A lot of, like, basically everything else really well. Good fielder, good arm, pretty quick, good base runner, etc. right? He just literally could not make contact with the ball enough. And whether it's the Dodgers, just, you know, mystical ability to make people good and have random prospects come up and hit, like, 450-foot homers, that's great for them. The Dodgers are an insanely good team this year. They have a, like, plus 275 run differential. Like, they're, they're, they're incredible. Um... But Joey Gallo was this player before he came to the Yankees. He hit, you know, 200 and bad, hit 40 home runs for the Rangers, and now he's doing it again. So, you know, tip of the cap to Joey Gallo because, you know, it sucks. The whole fan base hated him, and I'm sure he was miserable and whatever else. Good for him. Hopefully he's he's having fun playing baseball again. <laughs> it sure seems like that. Um, also, one, one more thing about that Mets series before we kind of move on, go over some news and notes. What the hell was that Glaber play? Where, where he like Alonzo, it looks like he's gonna score him for whatever he slips and falls, then he's in no man's and Glaber just goes to dive on the second base and lets the run score. I mean, that I mean, you want to talk about just low IQ baseball. I mean, this is why people get so mad at Glaber because of plays like that. Like in that situation, how do you how do you, are you so just branded? How are you so absent minded to do something like that? Like that that play was just unbelievable. Yeah. The Mets announced. I mean, like the Mets announcers were literally like awe of that play. And I don't blame them because that's really that's like a that's a, that's the type of play you see in like high school baseball, where like some uh, infielder will just have like complete tunnel vision and be focused on like a runner while the runner on third just like you know moseys on home. It's just that would be unbelievable. And obviously, you know, no harm, no foul. The Yankees win the game, but so be it. You know, that's the type of play uh, where you just can't do. Oh my god, that's that's nauseating. Um, I think I said this maybe to AC. You know, I just said this the other day in the chat. I was like, what is Glaber supposed to be really good at? You know, pretty good. You know, he's got a good yeah. arm. Like he's he's pretty good at second base. He's not great. Like, and just to compare, Oswaldo Cabrera is not our top prospect. He's like the number 12 or 13 prospect. And not even just in terms of speed. He's good with the glove. He played four different positions. He looked very natural and smooth and comfortable at all of them. He threw someone out from right field at home plate. He made a catch flying, you know, or diving over the tarp and smashed his face on the wall. Like, and I'll give Glaber this. He turned a very nice double play. Him and IKF turned a really nice double play. That was great. But, like, I just don't know what he's supposed to be really good at. 
He doesn't hit for a high average. He hits, you know, 15, 20 home runs a year. That's wonderful. He's not overly fast. He was a pretty good base stealer in the minors. He doesn't steal at all now. I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, I don't know. It's at some point. Yeah. Yankees could maybe address why, like, they keep having prospects coming up and they stop getting good and or regress. But, like, I don't know. You know, you have Volpe on the way. You have Peraza, hopefully, on the way. You have Cabrera here now. Like, I don't know. I'm just, you know, at some point, it's worth a discussion to be like, would you take what Glaber is and maybe we'll still get marginally better at? Or would you roll the dice and take what these guys might become? I would take probably the latter right and the, the frustrating thing about glaber is i think a lot of people do forget <clears throat> a lot of people do forget how out he was <laughs> as a prospect like you know he was like a top five prospect not for the yankees in all of baseball at one point and, and he hit 40 home runs his second year in the league right, or something yeah. like and that right like yeah, 38 and it's you know but not that he's a bad player but yeah he's just kind of very you know average like slightly above average slightly below average give or take but you know we definitely expected more from him but you know he had like obviously he's definitely taken a step forward from the last couple of years but yeah still very like i said just very very forgettable for glaber but let's go over some uh, news and notes before before we uh, wrap up here um obviously scott efros on the il very disappointing but but Alan's also on the il we mentioned it already <laughs> yep but Zach Britton made a rehab assignment tonight. How about that? Uh, he faced two batters at low A. He struck out one, and then he got a ground out, throwing nine pitches. I know that that was his first rehab assignment. Strike out and a ground out. All that we're missing yeah. is a walk, and it's a quintessential. Yep. I was about Zach to say Britton. he should have just let him face that third batter to get a walk, and then he could have been the he could have gotten the trifecta. But yeah, uh, definitely that's something that. You know, it's like one of the, the you know the Obi Wan meme. Like that's not that's a name I haven't heard in a long <laughs> time. You know, it's we're wasn't because yeah. anytime a pitcher has Tommy John, they say, oh well, he's going to be back in like August. You never really believe it. You're like yeah, at that point, like you know, he's probably not going to come back. But hey, they said Britain will be back end of August, and hey, here we are, pretty much at the end of August, and yeah, and yeah, he. He, how many pitches did he throw? I don't know. Nine I mean, pitch, nine pitches. Nine two pitches. All right. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. And Alex was saying this, like, it'll probably be a couple weeks. And I don't necessarily know. He's not here to defend himself. This is rude of me. But um, I don't necessarily know that I agree with that because he's a reliever. He's going to throw 20, 25 pitches. If you can get him to that in the yeah, next he week. Need ramp, he doesn't need to, like, ramp up. Yeah. Like, he's not going to throw 40 pitches. Um so I figured you'd probably see him pretty quick, honestly. I'm yeah, thinking. you definitely you definitely want probably like yeah, because tonight you face two batters and average. You definitely want to probably have at least like a few more simulated games where he's put, and then obviously maybe you know throw him in double or triple A for a few games. So yeah, like there's really obviously not a rush, especially now that the Yankees have seemed to weather the storm and their bullpen has actually been pretty good over the last few games. So there's no like huge rush. Obviously, you don't want to rush a guy back like that and have a setback and you know. Britain's age possibly end his career, right? Um, so you know, I think they're not going to rush him back, but yeah, hopefully, like I could totally see Britain in his first appearance in over a year, just looking like he never left. Like he's one of those guys, right? He's a veteran. He's been here, done that, and yeah, I, I see Britain coming back, and that would be really important because you know, just think of it, right? Like right now, and I, you know, I really like both these guys, but. Our two best lefty arms are Licky and uh, Wandy. 
And, you know, in the playoffs, especially when you have situations where obviously the three batter minimum is still a thing, but, you know, you have maybe have a situation where there's a big lefty bat at the plate and you need a lefty to get him out. I think we're much more confident with Britain than uh, Wandy or Licky. Uh, you know, just, just my two cents. So, well, hopefully yeah, we get I mean, ZB so this back. Is the, um, where some of these interesting roster thoughts come into play because um, Abreu's hurt. I don't think we'll see him again meaningfully. Um, if he comes back and they activate him, you know, there's other players probably on the way that will take the spot. Um, F. Ross, hopefully. Uh, Clay Holmes, hopefully soon. Um, and then you also have Severino in September. And, um, you know, the only other guys really that are there that are, I guess, quote unquote, easy choices would be like Luke Bard. And uh, I don't know. Beyond that, it's a conversation. So, you know, Abreu's probably gone. I would say if you have to, if you get to activate all those guys, Britain and Holmes and Efros and eventually Severino, then who knows, right? Like it gets a little complicated. But those, getting those four players back would be pretty remarkable. Because um, then the Yankees might actually have three lefties in their bullpen, and they're all incredibly different skill sets. So that's yeah, a nice little club I've in the back heard, for the Yankees. Uh, I've also heard rumblings that the closer for AAA Scranton that the Yankees have, Greg, I believe it's Weissert is how you pronounce his name. Who's had a, a phenomenal year in a Triple A, 1.76 ERA, 67 strikeouts in 46 innings. Uh, there's been rumors that they may call him up. Um, I'm not sure. I think like it was Hubs who said he's going to join the team in Oakland. I'm not sure how much truth there is behind that, but you know, it'd be cool to see that kid get a chance. I think he's 27. And like I said, he's had a great year at Triple A, so wouldn't mind seeing him. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, the Yankees bullpen definitely more confident than I than I was like two weeks ago about it. Um, some other just random news and notes. Um, our guy, Andy Pettit, is actually going to be the pitching coach for USA Baseball in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, also, I, I don't think we've talked. I think I, we might do like a podcast about this in the next few weeks or just kind of talk about it more once we've all seen it. But all the episodes of the uh, Jeter 30 for 30 doc are on ESPN+. Plus. That was very good. Um, I loved what he said about the Mets. You know, they're, they're just the Mets, you know. We didn't hate them. That was a great line. Definitely. I've already seen that used in several memes. Love it. Um, and also uh, the 2023 MLB schedule has been released. And uh, I think this is pretty cool. Every team will play each other at least once. Uh, I think that's the first time that's ever happened. And the Yankees will open the season against the San Francisco Giants. And yeah, uh, right. Your Aaron judge will be a giant jokes here. Uh, Cause I've already seen a thousand of them. I'm already sick of them. I was going to so, say, there's a lot of rude jokes that I don't yep. want to, give any breath to because um yeah every club scheduled to play on july 4th as well um yankees will be playing the baltimore orioles who will probably be like the best team in baseball at that point with their trajectory um (laughs) oh god um but yeah and like i said we got some late games coming up um oakland and then la um but at least some of these late games will be on the weekend uh, that's always good when you get like a Thursday through Sunday series versus like a Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday West series. Those are always rough. Um, and these games actually start at 940, which is such a different. I mean, the, the difference between like a 940 start on these and like a 1010 start is just night and day. Like I can't I can't describe to you how big of a difference that is. So, yeah, the 940 starts will definitely be 
a bit more tolerable than those like 1005, 1010 stars. 1010, yeah. Those will be it, it's never 1005. It's always 10 after 10, right? They could say like a 10 o'clock game, but then it's 1008 and Meredith is talking about like Aaron Judge or just something about you're like, oh man, Meredith. Like, come on. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's play ball here. I'm, uh, my eyes are getting tired. Oh, God. Yeah. Good old West Coast um, trips. But obviously, this will be the last one of the year. And yeah, and then September. There's a lot of a lot of Rays, a lot of Red Sox, uh, and a lot of yeah, it's crazy because we have two series against the Rays, two series against the Red Sox, and then we end the year against or we end September against the Blue Jays. Um, so yeah, a lot of AL East in September. But I like how they do that with the schedule, right? You should be you just should gotta, play in division a lot towards the end of the season. Yeah, season, right? just gotta keep the Blue Jays at arm's length. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Because, like I said, the, the Rays and the Jays have both been getting hot. The Rays have won eight of ten. Blue Jays six and four last time. Yeah, both those teams have picked it up. Uh, the Rays have actually re, as of tonight, they just actually walked it off. They regained control of second place, and currently control that first wild card spot. So, if the season ended today, it would be Rays, Blue Jays, and Mariners, three wild card teams in that order. O's are still two and a half games back of them. So. You know, now that I like, hopefully the Yankees, you know, build a bit more of a cushion in this lead because this is going to be a fun AL wild card race, especially if the O's could kind of stay in it. I mean, shit, even the Twins and the, the White Sox are both each four games out of that third spot, which obviously is, you know, kind of a long shot. But yeah, it should be a fun stretch. Uh, it should be a fun September and October. Oh, it will be fun. And I'll especially tell you why it won't be fun. The Orioles are in it ish. Um, the Blue Jays are obviously in it. The Rays, they have, they're separated by one game. And I'll tell you who the hell is not in it, and that's the Red Sox. Yeah, I because mean... Because they are horrible. Crazier things have happened. They're six, right now, they're 60-64, seven games out of that third spot. Crazier things have happened, but yeah, they're like a 95 to 98% chance that they're done. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good. I got to get my shots off. I don't care. Yeah, I got to get my shots especially off. especially... The fact that they were 60 and 61, they actually started weather storm. They've lost their last three games. So that may be the nail in the coffin for them. But yeah, gee, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the last month has been really fucking horrible to watch. Just a bit. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that they can't possibly play any worse because, you know, I don't want to tempt the baseball gods like that um but pitching is has been really pretty good for a little while now a couple weeks judge hits two home runs in the Mets series so hopefully they start another spurt for him um benintendi i think they found his spot where he's best suited in the leadoff you know kick dj to the middle of the lineup there Hopefully Rizzo can start to cook a little bit too. And you have Stanton put it in the middle of all that. Um, I think, especially going on the road, like you said, the A's and the Angels are both really pretty bad. Um, that you have a chance. You have a real chance here to get five wins in the next seven games or whatever. And then you're cooking again. You know, you have three against the Rays coming up next week, and then you play the Twins, and you play the Rays again, and then you're off to the races with all your ALEs games, whatever. But, like, um, you know, the offense was just horrible. 
and and now they have a chance really off day today i'm sure they really love that it's the first time they were off in about 10 days um stanton will be back he'll be in the lineup tomorrow and and let's go start to beat these teams you got to beat these teams you know they're not going to win 110 games anymore but they're still really good and you should beat the angels and the a's five of the next seven days so that's all i got absolutely and you know, it definitely still looks bleak in terms of the best record in the AL race, but, you know, you can't give that up either, right? It's still only a three-game difference between us and the Astros. Obviously, really a four-game difference since they own the tiebreaker. But, yeah, that's still in play, too, if the Yankees, you know, catch fire again. Like I said, what better time to catch fire than four games against the A's and three games against the Angels? So, let's see how and it goes. And I'll say, optimistically, I'll say, um, that you really could begin to add meaningful players back, you know, I don't know, you know, in the next three weeks or whatever. Um, Britain could be back really soon because um, he's, you know, stretching out. He's he's rehabbing. Um, Stanton tomorrow, right? Holmes didn't seem to think his thing was all that serious. It's been several days already, so. Um, maybe the good old, that may be a phantom I.L. Stanton, you know. <laughs> I mean, he was really, really terrible for yeah. like several days in a row. Um, but they could really start to get a lot of guys back here, you know, as you get a lot closer to the end of the season. Um, Severino, hopefully Matt Carpenter, like I said, broken foot's nothing to sneeze at. Um, Britton, Carpenter, Severino, Holmes, Efros, hopefully. That's like four or five guys right there that um, – the Yankees are counting on, and um, yeah, and I mean, uh, offense gets a little cooking here. You know, Judge hopefully a spurt, Rizzo hopefully maybe he does some, you know, starts to cook a little bit too, and uh, I think we'll be in honestly pretty good shape as we start to get to the the meaningful stretch run here. Yep, we shall see, we shall see. But for Luigi and for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we're on a winning streak again. <laughs>